किलो ही दिया सांबर पौड़ा कितना निकाला सांबर पौड़ा Welcome to In Between. Right now I'm in a South Indian shop and uh, I really love going to small grocery shops and not supermarkets but like really local shops and just wander around, look at all the things which are there, um, mostly food items to actually see what kind of spices, what kind of masalas are there, what kind of flour is there, how do people actually create all the meals i'm eating all the time like all these utensils to cook and everything is like i don't know it's like another insight into indian lives which i get when i accompany friends into these kind of stores usually i don't need anything but they need something and then they are roaming around and getting their stuff together while i'm just <laughs> there enjoying myself looking at different things and what is this what is this and trying to understand and so full with stuff there is utensils calendars food fresh vegetables coffee all these instant meals but also all the god statues of gods makeup so many things magazines and it's like always i i get never bored when i wait for my friends to look for their stuff and this time i bought a a kajal like a um a makeup kind of a thing and uh, some coconut sweet which looked really good and i never tried it and uh, yeah i just love to go to these places and when we got out of the shop we took an auto rickshaw and we were in the rickshaw and eventually the rickshaw had to stop on the red light and as usual on these red lights kids will come and approach you and back or yeah mostly back talk to you some of them do some acrobatic shows like this time it was like two girls and they did some acrobatic shows something and played a little bit of drums or whatever and then of course asked us for money and we're begging and it's interesting so Somehow I feel like I start to recognize it's always the same kids on the same red lights which I pass a lot which are like around the place where I live. That is kind of strange and also somehow these kids have a very grown up attitude about them. You know like when they go about their business of asking for money and I usually I still find it very hard to deal with it and I usually never give them money because you hear all these stories how there are like gangs who will put the kids out in the morning and then collect them back in the evening take all their money away and how this is a whole business how this is a whole market and the more you give money the more kids will be put into this kind of positions i'm not sure if it's true or if it's just poverty i'm really not sure but somehow i just feel these kids should be in school they shouldn't be making money here and it's like it's hard to say and it's also always a bit scary how i see how i'm getting more harder or how i deal a lot easier with poverty than i used to before because uh you realize that you cannot help all of them you i anyway don't give money so i completely ignore them so that they don't waste their time on me because if i give them attention they still have hope that i will give them something but at the same time i treat them very inhumanly by ignoring them so, so clearly and in the beginning i was so bad at this and by now i've become so good which is very yeah very strange uh, or there's like some change in me happening which i don't really like but on the other hand you can't deal with so much poverty all the time like you have to somehow you have to find a way to deal with it and sometimes ignoring seems to be the way but what i really liked at that moment when we stopped at this red light 
so when the kids were coming we were like no no we won't give them money but we were of course packed with our all the stuff we bought in the shop so uh, we got our coconut sweets out and we opened them and offered them some to take and it was so cute how in that moment like the whole professionality the whole grown-up attitude just melted away and the kids were like uh, very excited because probably they have never tried it and they were like getting some sweets out of the packet and we got some sweet out, sweets out of the packet and we ate them together and they were just being kids in that moment and that's also something which you rarely see like that professionalism go away and also I've seen these girls a couple of times they are very beautiful both of them have very beautiful faces but faces which you see they've seen more than they should have in that age which is also kind of very sad and uh yeah but sharing this small moment which is so human was like kind of was really beautiful and also red lights are red for a long time in India like at least the big ones then it takes like at least one minute maybe two minutes so we had time to <laughs> eat the sweets with the kids there's still a lot happening whenever I meet poverty so directly or for example sometimes kids come and they touch my feet which is like a sign of blessing of hierarchy of I don't know, it's a very Indian gesture, and but for me it doesn't mean anything, right? It's just weird. It's, of course, I know what it means in this context, but, uh, and then of course they do that and they ask for money and I don't give them money and it's, if I have food, I always give them food, but if I don't, well, then I don't. But for example, sometimes there's also one interesting thing which I used to hate. So sometimes when kids, like, they're begging you, begging you, begging you, and then they don't, you don't give them anything and then the red light is about to turn green, they sometimes hit you or they, I don't know, they twist your skin a little bit, hurt you a little bit. And in the beginning, I felt like personally hurt by this. I was like, but I, you know, I want your best, but I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed with the situation. Why are you doing this? But by now, in a strange way, I started to like it. Like it is maybe the wrong way to say it, but it's kind of, they are, I don't know, exposing some of the frustration which they feel. Like maybe getting some self-worth or dignity back through like showing how blatantly in, unequal, how, how blatant this inequality in life kind of is there by a little bit hurting the people who are not getting them, giving them money, who let them live like this. And somehow it's a gesture of, it's like a small act of resistance. And I find it very interesting and I find it somehow good because somehow it's like they haven't given up. They're still this, they want a dignified life probably, or they want... There's some self-worth, some fighter spirit, however you want to call it, is there. And sometimes I, while I hated it in the beginning, now it, part of me thinks that maybe this kind of fighter attitude one day will bring them off the street. It's like, I don't know, it's, it's interesting how you experience the same thing so many times and then you start changing your attitude about them. I don't know, it's not, at least for me still, it's not like I'm just going home and I'm forgetting about the kids. Usually somehow I take them back home and I think about them a couple of days later, especially when I had some interaction or talks with them or, yeah, like the kids with whom we shared the sweets. And then something also very cute happened to me this week. Uh, so the place where I'm staying, there's a maid and she's like an older lady. And one day I was alone with her because they told me she's gonna come you have to open the door and I opened the door and she came and uh, we talked a little bit I asked her if it, in Hindi if I should go away so she ha can like clean like calmly has time to clean and has paints to clean or that she was like no, no no keep sitting where you're sitting that's fine because I was doing something on my laptop I think working on podcasts probably <laughs> and uh, talked a little bit and she said oh I'm gonna go upstairs to hang the laundry but I'll be back and can you open the door yes and we we're just talking and somehow for me, it's still, I don't know, it's still weird 
but at least for my friends it's so normal who have mates that people just come in and they walk around in your house and they clean and they're kind of invisible for me this is still when a person walks in my house I need I mean it's not my house but let's say walks in a room I need to address this person and I need to I can't just let them do their work and kind of treat them invisible some part of me doesn't want that but then I'm trying to adapt to the way how other people treat her and I think she felt that I feel kind of uncomfortable and I kind of I don't know want to talk to her but at the same time I feel like she knows the flat better than me while I'm just being a guest and she's here probably every day and it's uh, yeah it was special but interesting but then a few days later I came home and one of the other flatmates had a discussion with her and I just entered I was still having my jacket on and then she said something to me and I didn't understand and I was like what and then he said oh she wants a, a handshake she wants to hold your hands I was like okay so I gave her one hand and she took my two hands and she was like holding them in her hands and uh, her hands were so cold so I told her like oh my god your hands are so cold like maybe I've been washing something or you have to do something about this and uh, she I don't know the the gesture was very special and I didn't completely understand it it felt very warm and very sweet and very cute but I didn't really get it is this like does she wants to place me over her in the hierarchy or is it I want to touch a foreigner once or is it something completely different and only a few days later like I brought that up and I was with a few friends and I was like see this happened and I don't really know how to read it and I saw it on their faces that they were very touched by the fact that this happened and I didn't really know why and then they said like see it's like the gesture is a very motherly gesture it's like I don't know she she must probably have noticed that you like I don't know you treat her differently because you you are not used to treat her the way people normally treat her although I feel like in the flat I'm living people are like talking to her and all it's not as rigid as and I think also a lot of my friends talk to their mates but still there's something different it's like two parallel worlds still in a way happening which I haven't completely decoded yet and uh, somehow yeah she must have noticed that and it's a very motherly very warm gesture they said like she accepts you as a daughter I don't think that's exactly what it is but more like yeah something very warm and the fact that I saw that it touched them and I told them that she did that made me feel even more touched and I think I love that there are so many things in India which I'll never be able to completely understand or decode. Even now, I'm not sure if I'm interpreting this right, but these things which keep on happening, I love it. it it's just interesting. It's touching. It's, yeah, it, it keeps me fascinated somehow. Then in general, like, I feel like after two weeks, it's like kind of a marker where like I have, com maybe I, my mind needs two weeks to completely settle in again and now I've completely arrived I'm completely happy in my Indian life again I've caught up with all my friends I keep meeting the same people again I know what to do I know my way around I I'm not a kid anymore I feel like comfortable going from A to B alone it's yeah I'm come I've completely arrived back in my Indian life and sometimes it's like wow why does it need two weeks and I know in three weeks I have to go again that's like ah weird but I feel like yeah, maybe the mind needs a bit of time to switch and find these new patterns. And uh, I'm glad uh, that finally it feels as if I've arrived. And uh, yeah, I've gotten used to that the days are being, my days are being less productive. My days are being different. Planning works different, like so many things. But still it's, yeah, it's, it's nice. So I'm happy. <laughs> then another small weird thing I want to share. So 
uh, the last two weekends I've spent a lot of time at the place of my two best friends. And at the moment they are like watching a kind of a dance show. It's like, it's a bit like Britain's Got Talent, but an Indian version of it. And But where there are only people who dance and they are like judges and the judges are like some of the best choreographers of India who have directed Bollywood movies or won certain big dance competitions and this and that. And then they look for young talent like all over India. They look for people also in slums and on the street, but also everywhere in all the states of India. And then they bring them to the show and then they compete in dancing and every show they have an act and dance and all of this. So... I mean, there are very many similar shows I've seen in Switzerland. I usually don't really watch these kind of shows a lot, but uh, I watch them with them. And I think somehow, since I'm so... Oh, God, I, I don't know. I just... I'm so fascinated with India. I feel so Indophile and Orientalist when I say all of this. But because I'm so fascinated with... I love watching it. I learn so much Hindi. I learn a lot of jokes like insider jokes uh, which they make and I don't understand them and then my friends have a lot of patience so they stop the whole thing and they explain me oh what they mean here is this and that and that's a reference to this and uh, yeah it's funny how much I can learn also from that <laughs> and uh, also the whole dancing part it's works very different somehow of course people dance to the beat right you can dance to the beat and they make a lot of special effects where like I don't know, some kind of visual illusions by dancing, amazing like slow motion or other kind of illusions. There's some acrobatics in there also, there's some good choreography. But there are somehow a few new levels or nuances which I haven't noticed maybe, but also maybe just really haven't seen in some of the European shows which work like this. For example, a lot of the songs, and this is also something I love, like I learn new songs and most of the time it's very old and famous Hindi songs or whatever which are being danced on. So these songs have very poetic line, like the lyrics are very poetic, a lot of them. And the way people also dance, so-called lyrical, so they express what's sad in the song, also in their dancing. I mean, to a certain extent, we also do that. I've seen that being done in American and European dance shows, but here it's also the whole, it has a story and... Uh, or for example, the song talks about something, but the way they interpret it or the way they, yeah, the whole group dances to it is like making a joke out of it. It means they're like referencing to what the song is singing about. They interpret it in a completely different, sometimes very comedy kind of a way. Or they they create whole little stories out of it. And it's like, it's a completely new layer and it's very beautiful to watch. Of course, hard to decode if one doesn't speak Hindi. And I think I couldn't appreciate it that much if I wouldn't have uh, my friends to help me with it or, or like to decode it for me, basically. Or a lot of these songs are out of movies, so they would make some references to these movies. And there's so much more layers or nuances in there, which I find extremely interesting, even though it's a very banal kind of a dance show, which I probably wouldn't find that interesting if I would watch it at home. But it's funny how you can learn about the culture in so many different ways from so many different media. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Then I have one more thing, which is pretty cool. So <laughs> I somehow I feel that in my podcast, I talk a lot. It's always me talking and sharing my impressions and opinions about India, this and that. And sometimes I feel I have to balance this out a little bit by making more Indian voices heard and something I really like is when Indian people talk about Europe 
best case Switzerland, but in general Europe, so that I can see some of their perspective since I'm taking so much liberty of sharing my perspective on India. And many times it's very interesting because we feel the same things which are different, but we approach them from very different ends. And that's also something I love to talk about with them. And uh, recently one of my friends, he, I think in November, December, January, he went out of India for the very first time and he went to Berlin because his girlfriend is from Berlin and he has lived with her when he has met her at the, she's also studying at JNU, the same university I used to to study, like a very liberal place, whom a lot of foreigners also come, not a lot, but some foreigners come to study every year. And uh, he met her there and they have been together for one year and now she had to go back and he came to visit her in Berlin after all the visa nightmare has been cleared. And yeah, for him it was the very first time to get out of India at all, which is also very interesting because when I met him first I thought he's not Indian. I don't know, because of the way he looks, the way he talks, I, I'm not sure what it is. But um, so I was very, I asked him, could you share some of your impressions when you saw Europe for the first time? Because for me it's very interesting which what strikes you which differences do you see what do you find interesting and he was ready to do that and i hope you enjoy it as much as i enjoyed it i i would say it was not that different socially and culturally because even before i went to europe i was uh dating a girl for seven months who's english and lives in berlin and uh all my friends in jnu within my university the people that i spend most of the time with you know all white guys from from Europe or Australia social interactions the culture of going out things that Indians tend to exoticize were quite normalized for me even before I went there so my life in JNU and my life in Berlin were identical in many many ways i think if i hadn't gone to JNU and went to a different indian college and then went to berlin then it would be like a radically different experience for me because before coming to JNU I didn't which is this extremely liberal university in Delhi I'm sure you guys have talked about it in the podcast before but then I think like if I skip over my life in JNU and think about my life before and then my life in Berlin then yeah it does seem radically different because nobody that kind of life just is normalized in my society like it's extremely frowned upon social situations with this insane amount of freedom and be, the ability to do whatever whatever you want like in India you have to come back at a specific hour back to your home even if you're in college most of the hostels have time restrictions so these things are quite radically different but but Jane you kind of acted like a middle ground and eased up the transition i would say um and i think that happens a lot if you dip, if you belong to a certain class in India because because of globalization and modernization there's a, there's a lot of a lot of similar there are a lot of experiences available to us especially who have the mo- people who have the money to pay for it and since you tend to choose the experiences all over the world that are like you know glorified in hollywood or the kind of friendship that evolves in like chilling in cafes and stuff things that are not in 90% of the indian cultural and social transition is available to indians So in that sense it's not that different anymore I would say anywhere in the world. The same goes for I think like white people who travel to India and go to Goa and Kerala and just go to all of these hostels where people are extremely like-minded and are not really having a very different experience, you know. It's quite similar like it, there, these are bars, there are bars and cafes and 
you can go out all night and there are all these parties and the but but that's not an indian experience in an authentic sense because it's so radically different from the from the lives most people live in the in that country you know one thing i find really interesting is how he situated himself in indian society first how he yeah positioned himself in the sense that, that i still feel that a lot of people i talk to in switzerland have a, a picture that most people in india are poor and i'm not saying that this is not accurate but there is also a growing middle and middle upper class which becomes economically more and more strong these days and is also which is also quite huge with a lot of people who grow who go to good schools who are extremely educated who have consumed like european and american tv he has read english novels like he grew up with culturally with yeah when it comes to pop culture with very similar things than we did so in the sense that maybe he would be a lot closer to us in many ways that's how he said it than some of his peers who went to different colleges who are from different backgrounds and so on I was raised in a, in a very weird fairly liberal household and was just exposed to a lot of you know a lot of novels and english novels and american novels from a very young age and was obsessed with with hollywood and and like the 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 tv sitcoms like i grew up like like my humor is very vested in my approach to like the friendship or the 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 kind of banter that i enjoy the kind of you know the kind of like ease that i enjoy is is very vested in a sense and so i always find and since i am at least now i am a fairly extroverted person and you know obviously quite funny and charming <laughs> like it's not even up for debate that that now i find i find it much easier to to connect with people um from the west than in india i still it, it, it's not a problem for me to to connect with people in india i grew up you know in india and i was raised or went to school here and everything but that's not the kind of life that i glorified or you know i put on a pedestal while i was while i was a teenager and if i went back to reconnect with the friends that i used to have when i was in school and i was close friends with them and if i start talking to them it would i wouldn't get along with them anymore because like i like i wouldn't i wouldn't know what to say because we're so interested in so in quite different things but if i go to america and like sit in a random bar and start talking to a girl or a or a guy i'd probably find i'd probably find more to say to them than to this this guy that i grew up with who's a close friend of mine so in that sense it's quite it's quite weird now but still he mentioned a few things which yeah struck him as very different and one of it was the very individual lives as he says which we are living in europe of course one has read so much about individualism but i think it's a different thing when you actually experience it or see it in a sense that sometimes he felt with probably especially the new people he met in berlin because there were a lot of them were his friends and he knew them from before because they have studied at this university but that he felt that everyone's life is so much about themselves and in the sense that there is little intermingling into other people's lives and it's always like this oh it's his life or her life she can do whatever she wants there's is like some my business to interfere while maybe a certain kind of interfering would also one could say is caring like caring for another person and how they feel and how their lives are going so somehow as he explains very well in india there's so much interfering and intermingling of lives and you get close quite fast you share a lot quite fast people are 
relatively open, but again, very difficult statement to make. But something which he found more difficult in Europe because everyone has so much in his own life and people are so much also about having a good time, which is also a very interesting observation, at least for me. One of the biggest differences, I would say, that, that strikes me about Western culture and then comparing it to the global south, the, the very strong presence of, of individualistic values that I think are like expressed in, in day-to-day life and even in, in friendships. Because like India is, a very, is like a country where people live in all of these communities and their day-to-day life is, is completely dependent on each other, so, so much more so than, than Western countries. My friends, for instance, are forced into this lifestyle where they pay for their own education, they have to take a loan, and then they have to like work in cafes to pay the rent. And so most of the, their lives revolved around taking care of themselves and taking care of them, like putting themselves first, which is not a thing in India because you can't do that. Like in India, you, like you depend on your parents for your survival till you get like a good job, a proper good job. And you can support yourself, which happens quite late, like in your mid-20s. And so your parents most of the time pay for your college. You're directly dependent on societies and your communities to you know just to live your life which is not a thing in in western society at all and that really translates into these friendships as these uh, constructs where people exist in their individual lives and then find a place in the middle to to meet and like be with each other and even in relationships i would say in some ways that's good because there's not like you have a lot of choices you have a lot of freedom and in other ways, it, it, I think it reduces the quality of the relationships and friendships that you can forge because there's, there's lack of intimacy. There's, there's lack of like things that you can talk about. And then this idea of like if people, two people start fighting, nobody would intervene because they would think that's none of their business. And I think that's, that's completely non-existent in India. That would never happen. If two people start fighting in a metro, like a hundred people will stop them instantly. I think the reason for that somewhere is because of the idea of this of, of a life as my own and my freedom to to do whatever I want with it and then the life of like these other people. And if a friend of ours is, let's say, struggling with maybe drug addiction, you know, like I think the first reaction of people would be to deny it. To like they would instantly because it, it passes a judgment on their own lifestyle. They would instantly say, that, no, maybe she doesn't ha- really have a problem. We don't know. Maybe she's just like having a good time. And then, and then, you know, she'd develop all these health problems or he would develop all these health problems. problems. And then they would say, oh, no, we don't know what's wrong with her. It could be unrelated. It could be, you know, something else. I don't know. So I don't know what to do. It's not really, they wouldn't say it's none of my business because it's a close friend of us, but they would, still mean that they would still mean like yeah okay it's not it's not really my problem like they wouldn't maybe they wouldn't even feel that like think rationally that it's their own problem but some somewhere along the line because their emotional intelligence is is shaped in such an individual individualistic way they would feel that it's not really something that they need to do and they would only intervene when there is crisis when there's like outright breakdown and you actually put put a different side to it for me when I discussed it with you, you told me that a lot of the times it happens is because then the people that, that are using drugs would then push you away and you wouldn't be in a situation to help them anyway, so you don't know which. And I hadn't thought of it that way. And you're right, like that, that can also happen that somebody would, in a, your friend would push you away. That is true, but I think 
a lot of the time the cause for not acting is not that huh. a cause for not acting is just individuality and like and this this subconscious feeling that they have that this is not my this is not my problem and that is completely lacking in india and in i'm not glorifying the indian way well i in this context i am but like the bigger problem then in india what the problem is that even when there isn't a problem so many people are just constantly interfering in your life like if you make a choice to to not do to do something that's slightly unconventional or slightly out of the norm people will immediately start passing judgment and frowning on it which is not a thing in berlin so in that way it's i think i would even say it's better but but because of this complete lack of individuality people then try to like force you into the norm and pull you into doing from like following the but at least they're there for you like they wouldn't think that your problem is not their problem it's interesting because even i felt that i connect with people in india very differently way faster more open we share more things and you i would really agree that somehow you're into someone else's life way quicker than that would be the case at least in switzerland that everybody is seemingly very polite then not seemingly they are very polite they're very nice to you they're really open for for like friendships but it's all about again it's all about the idea of having a good time that's so that's so berlin it's just this idea of like have being in a space getting drunk or fucked together and like then just joking around but i'm not involved in their lives in any way whatsoever even though i've met them and known them for like let's say two or three weeks but in in india that wouldn't happen in india like you meet someone and you spend a lot of time with them you just start discussing problems your emotional problems your like family things because it's so obvious it's so it's so no, it's so normative to to get into these things and and seek outside counsel all the time and once you think like you have something a connection you would you would naturally very comfortably go into that zone of you know seeking counsel from this person that you liked and that would happen in the course of two weeks after you meet someone that's not going to happen in in with western people ever it's really weird but because it happened for us and now i'm telling you we we instantly connected and went into that but that was an ex- that was an exceptional event that wouldn't happen with like a random stranger that i met in in berlin you know what i mean even after we even if we go out every night to have a beer we just like joke around talk about these things i'm quite comfortable in relationships like that but again yes i do think that 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 individuality that i mentioned before does to seep into it in that way because there's like this invisible boundary and after that crossing that boundary is their lives and the side of it is my life so we meet in between but we don't you know we don't venture too far in